Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Friends, we got a good one. Uh, we got a great one. We got a, like a, a next level one, okay? Just keep it quiet. We don't need all the other guests knowing that, that their shows were just not quite as good as maybe this one. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, we've got a really, really awesome person on the show. Hey, if you tune in all the time, you already know that we keep sourcing really smart people and we pick their brain. We ask them how they got here, maybe what they did along the way to, to maximize their, their, their potential, and maybe a couple of scrapes along the way. But if you've, if you've never listened to the show before, um, we're so grateful that you're here. Uh, we hope that you'll consider subscribing and, and coming back over and over and over. Before I get into introducing our guest, we do start the show the same way every time right here on Solutions from the Huddle, uh, and that's in prayer. So we just want to pray for the show. So we say, Lord, please bless the show, our guests, our sponsors, just everything involved. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Um, all right, guys, check it out. I'm going to really try to not mess this up because the last name is so cool. Uh, we've got Chris Pinkowski on the, on the program today, and he is a coach. He is a consultant. He is a keynote speaker. And he works with business owners, CEOs, senior level management teams in, in, in organizations across both America and in Canada. He's trying to help them go from good to great and really perform as leaders and, and try to really help them achieve everything that they want in their lives. Chris, I can't wait to learn from you today, uh, friend. Uh, how are you? And thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Titus. I'm great. It's uh, Monday. It's uh, we're. Getting ready to have a heat wave here. I'm just outside Philadelphia, but you know that's what summertime is. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, Chris, tell our our listeners, and most of our listeners are are entrepreneurs. They're uh, they're they're small, medium, large size um, leaders in in organizations. A lot of them are also just salespeople, people that are performance driven humans. Tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do today, and then immediately hit a hit a rewind button and tell us kind of where you started. Sure. So uh, I do a couple things today. I, primarily, I'm a, a leadership coach and a consultant around organizational health. Um, I work for a firm out of New York called Helm, and we work with companies all across the United States and Canada, um, primarily at the C-level, C-suite level, senior executive level. Um, I also have some select private clients that I work with. Uh, that are it's pure leadership consulting or leadership coaching, and uh, those are really first time managers, first time leaders. So people making that transition, which you know, forty six percent of those transitions fail. So I get brought into companies to help those high potential folks really become leaders, and um, that's where I'm at. I like to speak. Yeah. I you know I was out for my first in person keynote just a couple months ago in California, first time in like 18 months since everything shut down. Sure. So looking forward to some more of that. Yeah, I love it. So what takes a person from, um, from, from not being a coach, right? A practitioner, a consultant mm -hmm. to being one, I would imagine 
uh, through academia, through experience, you've had uh, great opportunities to learn and, and to hone that craft. Uh, how did that look? And at what point did you realize that it was something that you not only could do, but something that you could help others do? Sure. So I think it is a combination of a few different factors. Um, number one, I mean, entrepreneurially speaking, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Uh, we have a family business now that is run by my father and his sister that was started by my grandmother in 1968. So it's second generation family business. Mm. Um, I grew up going to work with her when I was like six, seven years old and just seeing what it takes to grind. Mm. Um, started my first business in high school. Uh, started another one in my early 20s before realizing I sh- should probably go to college and learn something about business. I have these, I have these natural leadership tendencies and business mindset. So um, for college... Growing up in Philadelphia, um, very happy to have one of the best business schools in the entire world in my backyard, the Wharton School at the University of Penn. So I uh, started there when I was a freshman at 26 years old, um, built another company while I was a student there. It was a software company. And then after exiting from that company, I went into the uh, private sector and I focused on turnarounds. And I've led turnarounds on companies from you know, Fortune 500 publicly traded to um, small to mid-sized businesses that just needed that extra boost. But what really got me into coaching was my job as a turnaround person, I never wanted to be in the same company for the rest of my career. I was brought in to fix a problem and get the next group of leaders ready to take over. So. I really started my coaching journey when I was doing these turnarounds and I loved just getting people prepared to step up to the next level. And 2018 is when I made the full-time shift to, I just want to coach people. I want to help people be the best they can be. So you talk about that transit, that, that what I would call that art of being able to transition from, from one baton holder to another. Talk about that for a moment, because that's a skill set that you don't see a whole lot of um, of advertisements for. Like, want to get really good at handing off something? Call me. You know, like there, there's there's a million leadership, communication, teamwork, uh, dot coms, and, and 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 constant social media uh, ads. But but that particular skill is so so special. I mean, I I'm already unpacking in my head of man, every leader ought to be good at that skill. Every team member ought to be good at that skill. A salesperson ought to be good at how to, how to hand off to the operations people within the flow of the customer's expectations and the delivery. How did you get so good at that? And, and what are maybe a couple things that you would identify as pillars of someone saying, that's actually a strength of mine. I'm pretty good at transitioning and, and rolling out something like that. that I think that's really special. Yeah, it, you know, it's definitely... It's a skill that's acquired, but for me, it came down to what are the things, identifying the things that either I wasn't very good at or that while I may have been good at, I didn't really necessarily like doing and finding the best people to take over those slots Um, and looking for people that were smarter than me, even in the things that I like to do and I'm good at. 
because in my opinion, what the best leaders do is empower others to achieve things. And I've been fascinated with leadership, man, probably since I was about 10 or 12 years old, like going back to the days of being in the Boy Scouts, like I've just been all about leadership. And leadership to me is about raising others above you, uh, providing guidance, asking the right questions, showing that you care, uh, but ultimately empowering people. And when I, when I think about folks that have those innate skills, um, they are people that are somewhat self-aware. Like, you know, I can run spreadsheets and I hate them. I hate running spreadsheets, but I could do it. It's going to take me a long time, but recognizing where your, your time is best used, uh, even though I can do a job, it's not going to get the most return out of the investment. So let's find someone else who loves it, who has the capacity to do it, and who's going to do it way better than you. Um, but it's also identifying early on the people who have leadership traits, like just inside of them. They're, they're good communicators. They're good. Um, they ask good questions and they're legitimate questions. They're not just like fluff questions. Uh, people who have the ability to not only show that they care about their people, but also to hold their people accountable and push them along. Those are some of the traits that I look for. And mentorship, mentorship to rising stars is huge and it's so often overlooked uh, mm. from how leaders can train others to step up in their career. Yeah, you know, one of my mentors, and if you're a leadership junkie, uh, you, you probably agree, but John Maxwell, oh, uh, yeah. with, with, with over 100 books on leadership, he probably knows one or two things. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I love, you know, John often says is that, um, you know, you, you can put somebody on your shoulders and just, and, and climb upstairs to the second story of a home. And then both of you are up there, right? I mean, you literally could, could, uh, and you think about war movies, saving private Ryan, all these different scenarios where like the great leaders were the folks that said, Hey, listen, I'm going to put you on my back. I'm going to put you on my shoulder and we're going to get there together. Yeah. Um, why do you think so many people in leadership positions fail to get what is what seems to be so redundantly understood through all of the great self-help books and all of the great movies that that, that show the sports figure, the coach, uh, or the leader on the battlefield? Like it all keeps saying this is how it looks, yet we keep seeing folks in management and leadership roles that just want to tell you how great they are and, and, and all the bad things was because of Josh, right? Like, right. I mean, yeah. Why is this still happening, Chris? You know, I think that uh, there are a few different reasons, but I think that ego is definitely one of them. You don't get to be a high performing individual with, let's say low self-esteem or, or a low, um, you know, thoughts about yourself. So, there are people that just have a hard time subordinating their ego and wanting to see other people succeed. 
or understanding that other people can do the job, maybe sometimes better than them. Um, but I also think, especially in today's day and age with social media, man, everybody wants the likes. They want the comments, like the good comments on their posts. And it, it does nothing but fluff the ego. Um, but those are the folks that I'd say nine out of 10 times hit plateaus in their careers mm. because people don't want to follow folks like that. They can only go so far and then people see what's going on and they're like, man, I want to go work with someone else or I'm going to use all the examples of the bad behavior of this leader and do the exact opposite and become a better leader. Yeah, no, that's so true. Uh, you know, when I think about leadership, you know, I, I think about, uh, I, I heard, um, I heard Simon Sinek said that one of the things he, he learned from Nelson Mandela was that um, Nelson's father said that he, uh, he always, he did two things. He, he always put everyone in a group and he let everyone speak. Um, but he always made sure he spoke last. And it, it was this demonstration of what you say matters mm-hmm. and I'm going to wait my turn. I wonder if we, if we see an immaturity in, in people's ability to wait their turn, right? And the leader, I think is also like about timing, right? Am I wrong? Like a leader has got to know when to say charge the field or like when to say even a retreat for that matter, or let's regroup. And so timing is so important and to have the pause and the wherewithal I mean, talk about checking your ego to say, I'll, I'll go last. I mean, I don't know. There's a better demonstration of checking your ego than has everyone eaten. Okay. Now it's my turn. Exactly. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because when I do sessions with executive teams and we're all in the same room, even if it's on a zoom call and I'm asking, I always like to ask people, what are your expectations before we get started for the day? What are you hoping to get out of this? But I will always preface it with the CEO or whoever's most senior in this group is going to go last. Because number one, I don't want their expectations to influence the rest of the group. And also, I'm coaching for the most part, I'm coaching everyone in those groups. So I'm priming that leader to go last, to eat last, let everyone else say their piece. Um, but it's something that I've been doing for years and, yeah. and it's, uh, it's worked out well so far. I love it. Uh, I also know that you've got a, uh, a cool YouTube show that you do. <laughs> Tell our audience a little bit about that. Cause I'm sure folks are already starting to enjoy some of the, uh, some of the strategies that you're throwing at us and, and they might want to continue to stay engaged with you. What are some other avenues uh, websites and shows that maybe they keep digesting and consuming the content from Chris. Sure. So I do have a relatively new YouTube channel and it's called straight talking leadership. And really what it is, is it's five minute clips. I put them up once a week and I take one leadership topic. Um, and I, I just bring it down to the ground. I mean, I'm one of these kind of guys that's like no nonsense, no fluff. Um, I'm from Philly. I don't have time to like just beat around the bush, right? I'm just getting straight to it. So it's five minutes of high value, high impact. This is a leadership challenge that I've seen, I've encountered. Here's how I've gotten around it. Here's how I've advised other people to get around it. So straight talking leadership. Um, 
And then all my social stuff is just my name, Chris Pienkowski. So whether it's Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, those are the best ways to find me. I love it, man. Well, what are some of the things that the leaders that are listening to you right now, what are some of the some of the pitfalls you want to encourage them? I mean, you, we've already kind of done it a little bit, steer clear of ego, you know, get the timing down. But w- what are a couple of the biggest, if you had to say, man, these are the two or three things that just can cripple even great leaders. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't think of too many sports people that can throw the ball until after they caught the ball, right? If you take your eye off of it, it doesn't matter how good you can throw it. You didn't, you got to catch it. So even if they're a great leader, man, be careful of X, Y, and also maybe even Z because you've seen great leaders crumble. What are some of the things that folks need to write down on a notepad and, and be, and be, be mindful of? Yeah. Well, actually, um, and, and I'll give you and your audience a little sneak peek. This is, this is coming out shortly, but um, I've been putting together a small book on what I call the five principles of high impact leadership. So I'll just go through these principles real quick. And if people want to take notes on them, fantastic. Um, but number one, so principle number one of a high impact leader is to communicate for clarity. Understanding that communication is a multi-directional means of giving and receiving information. And it's all about, you mentioned Simon Sinek earlier. It's about explaining the why, the who, the where, the what. Um, and then asking those same questions so that everyone's on the same page. That's probably the most important skill that any leader can have, is their ability to communicate for clarity. The second principle is to simplify for effectiveness. So many people get wrapped up in trying to look smart and come up with these ridiculous ways of overcoming a problem when the shortest distance from one place to another is a straight line. So let's figure out how to cut out the fluff and how to achieve our goals and our missions in the most effective way. So being able to simplify is crucial for a leader. The third is to prioritize and act. Once you've simplified, once you've communicated where you need to go and what you're going to do, you need to prioritize what your steps are. And then you need to take action. I always preach iterative decision-making. So let's take small steps. Let's learn from each step and see where we need to adjust, where we don't need to adjust and keep on going but it's all about having your priorities straight. The fourth is conviction and caring. So that is really about knowing who you are, what you believe in, what your values are, and the values of the organization, holding people accountable to all of those, but then also showing that you care about your folks. We talked earlier about the leader being last to to ask questions or give their expectations or even eat lunch, make sure everyone's got lunch. Like when people know that you as a leader care about them, they're willing to go above and beyond time and time again. And then the final piece is decentralized decision-making. This is where you've instilled trust in your people. They know that you trust them. Everyone's clear because you've followed all these other principles, 
you give them the authority to make decisions, you give them the boundaries with which they can operate, and then you let them go. You empower them to own the outcome. You as a leader take ultimate accountability if something fails, but you are giving them the ownership of, hey guys, this is what we need to do. You're the ones on the ground doing it. How would you do it best? All right, great. Sounds like an awesome plan. Get moving. Keep me posted. So those five leadership principles, uh, I have seen time and time again applied with great success. And on the flip side, when those principles have not been applied, when you have a poor communicator, someone who is maybe they're scattered and they're telling three different people, three different outcomes, you never reach any of those outcomes. So the opposite of those principles are the pitfalls to watch for. Yeah, we're talking with Chris Pendowski um, right here on Solutions from the Huddle. And those five principles of a high impact leader are just gold, just absolute gold. Right on the other side of our short break here, I'm going to actually ask you, Chris, how a person rebounds when they've gotten that wrong, right? When they've, when they've planted cactus seeds and then they're pissed off because they got cactus everywhere, okay? <laughs> sure. Uh, just real quick, we always like to take just a, a brief pause, say thank you to all, all of our show partners, uh, companies like uh, Grease Monkey and Easy Living Technologies, Shepherd Law, Business Leaders uh, uh, Unleashed, uh, Carolina Auto Warehouse, lo- lots of great companies. Listen, there's even more, but if you go to team-csg.com, that's team-csg.com, you'll be able to click on the solutions from the huddle tab and see all the great partners that believe in this mission of get smart, awesome people like Chris give them a platform and let entrepreneurs and uh, and individuals and teams that are actually serious about growing, give them some tips and strategies to do just that. And so go to team-csg.com. So Chris, okay. You're talking about when we don't do those things, you know, do those things. And then what should we avoid? We'll avoid not doing those things. I got it. That's pretty simple. No fluff. <clears throat> Chris has said he's not about the fluff, but what I want to know, Chris is, what happens when you've already gone down the path, right? I, I, I'm a storyteller. I'm a joy, happy, motivational kind of guy. I'm also from New York, right? I'm okay with no fluff. I like fluff. Okay. I like a good story though. Um, but what I want to know is like, I'm a big believer in if I'm going in the wrong direction, I don't need motivation to keep going, right? Like right. I, I don't need a cheerleading squad that says just, you know, you committed to doing a mile, do the whole mile. When you find out halfway into the mile, there's a cliff and we're all going to die if we keep running. I, I'm all for uh, uh, not continuing down a path that's not fruitful. But what's the strategy when someone realizes that I've been communicating, but not for clarity? Right. And maybe now I've created a culture where folks say when he starts talking, when she starts talking, confusion is what is what the fruit is that comes off the tree of this leader. How do you rebound from that? And when you give me that answer, I'm going to hit you up with all five of these. Right. Because I want folks I want them to realize, oh, crap, that's my problem. I've not been doing that. But like, I can't just send a memo. (laughs) Right. I can't just send an email. Guys, I figured it out. I fixed it. We're good. Like, that's probably not the solution, right? That's right. And so a lot of times leaders will get to a certain point where the initiatives that they have wanted to take on and have pushed their team on have failed. They haven't gotten to where they need to go. And what they need to do is really look at the root level cause of 
why why did we make a false start? Why didn't we hit our benchmarks? And then start asking people, did you understand why we were doing this? Did you understand what it was I was asking you to do? And I would say that leaders need to check in on that early and often. It's, it's really up to a leader to be asking their people if they understand. So when you and I discuss a project and, you know, hey, Titus, for Q3, our revenue goal is going to be X and we want to get two new releases of, of a software program out the door. And if you just say to me, okay, great. My follow-up question is going to be, well, do you want to know how we're going to get to X revenue? Do you want to know why we're doing a release? Because our software program is already selling. It's good already. You're then priming people who work for you to start asking those questions. You're building that kind of relationship and muscle memory that people start questioning. Uh, but early and often, you can't, you shouldn't walk away from a meeting where you've just laid out a message without making sure that everyone's crystal clear. And, and how, do we, how do we get people to realize it may have been that way in the past, it's not going to be that way anymore, right? The motivational conviction, the passionate locker room speech can work, does work. Um, you can, you can rally the troops, but let's say the leader that's listening to us right now, isn't that right. Um, that's a superpower that not everyone has. So, so when you can't, when you can't do that, how do you, how do you still get the folks to say, Hey, give me one more chance. I've come to an enlightenment. I'm going to start communicating and asking questions to make sure that you understand and you know where we're going. How do you get the locker room back after you lost it? Sometimes it can be really tough, uh, depending on what the situation is. But number one, when leaders take the accountability for failure, it really speaks volumes to the people that, that they're leading. Um, a leader should never, never cast blame on their people for their failures. So it's that humility. And I think that ties back to the ego that we were talking about earlier. Mm, A lot of high impact, high potential people. I mean, they've gotten there because of an ego and an ego is not a bad thing, but you've got to, there's a difference between cocky and confident and you've got to know where on that side of the fence you land. Yeah. You know, I, I heard somebody a good friend of mine one time said that ego, um, I'm a person of faith. He was a person of faith. And, and so in, in the talks and teachings we do, we, we, you know, we'll quote Simon Sinek and John Maxwell. We'll also probably quote Proverbs, right? While we're at it. Mm-hmm. And so he said, uh, ego could be uh, summed up as edging God out, uh, which is such a cool little acronym and, and whatever God means to whomever. Sure. Um, but, but edging out the thing that, that reminds you that you're not everything, right? Yeah. What, what a, what a cool, what a cool thing. So that helps us out with the first one. I, I, I wanted to just touch on one more before we, before we go. Sure. Um, decentralizing decision-making. This is a big one, I think with leaders, right? 
I watch people all the time. And a lot of my clients will, will ask me questions like, I don't, <laughs> they'll say, I don't mean to micromanage, I promise. Um, and I try to get them to understand, like, you are probably in your position because you were so good at the thing that's not your current position. That's right. I understand why you would want to go mentor that person. Uh, and maybe no one's taught you what the hell you're supposed to be doing now, right? So you're kind of wandering around. But whether or not they have that personal awareness, because you talked about personal awareness earlier, Chris, whether or not they have that, can you touch on just some of the ways that we can hone that skill? Because because I could not agree. I'm so glad you put that in the top five. Uh, you, you, p- leaders bark at folks, and we never even let anyone be like in charge. Yeah. Right. And so I was, I, I wrote it down and like underlined it four times on my paper. <laughs> Talk about that one a little bit more, please. Sure. So, I mean, it's just human nature that when someone has a stake in the game, they're going to do a better job at executing and they're going to find more joy in what it is they're working on. So, as leaders, what we have to be conscious of is. Sure, we were great. We were a subject matter expert in that job early in our career, and now we've moved up here. But it's being able to even accept a 90% solution from your subordinate. When you lay out, when you communicate, this is our goal, this is how we want to reach it, this is where we want to be. And hey, Titus, how do you want to get there? You're the guy running this on the ground. When they come up with a plan, even if it's not 100% what you want, the answer is, sounds good. Go get it. If there's some glaring issue in their plan that you've come across in your, in your past, that's also a time to say, hey, you know, from my experience, I've seen that blow up. So mm-hmm. be cautious, mm-hmm. have some contingencies around it. But I'm not going to dissuade you unless you tell me that, hey, you know what? The only way to get there is to jump this 100-foot gorge in this beat-up 72 Chevy. Come on. Then I'm going to put the brakes on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. I love but, it. Yeah, but, you know, let someone, let someone take the reins and do check-ins with them. Um, you'd be surprised how much people just take the lead and get what you need done when you take your hands off the wheel. Mm-hmm. But it, At the same time, you've got to think about as a leader, the amount of value you're creating for yourself by freeing up that time so that you can think about higher level things. Um, That's really where I steer leaders. Like, look, the reason that you're handing off these tasks and you're getting out of the weeds is so that you could focus on the big picture. Because when you're up here, you can't be down here at the same time. So. And it's getting out of your comfort zone. A lot of leaders, because they're good at it, they want to stay there. But you're not going to progress as a leader if you don't get out of the weeds. Yeah, you know, I tell folks, uh, planting trees is is really important, right? Uh, get you can't eat apples if you don't plant trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as you move up in leadership, instead of seeding the ground, you got to start learning how to seed the clouds so that yeah. they'll rain. 
and that water will come down and nurture the the person underneath you that's 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 seeding the ground right that's someone's right. got to seed the clouds um man chris i appreciate you so much i want to ask you just one last question before we let you go sure. i want to know a story or a, or a scenario where where you, you slipped and fell right you got a, a scratch on the side of the face the elbows tore up road rash uh, we've all done it. We've all made mistakes. And and I would say that uh, we have at least two or three pages worth of strategic notes of what to do from you and a couple of what not to do. But but I'd love to hear, man, I learned through personal experience. I learned the hard way. Maybe you don't have to get hurt like, like I did if you'll just listen to me, right? Like, Chris, what's, what's a, a, um, a scenario or a story our listeners can glean from your real world experience of oops? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Um, I've had quite a few, so let me think yeah, about the best that's one. Right. That's right. I, we just while you're thinking, we've never had anyone, anyone on the show that didn't have it. Like all successful people, that's what we have in common. The that's common right. ground is, oops. There's a folder called oops in everyone's life, and um, and I just I know that the, especially when you talked about earlier the humility of going, man, I take accountability. The humility in in the listener that's been listening to this is is maybe even background noise while they're driving or whatever they're doing, they're working out. Sure. This is the moment where something's going to break through and they're going to re-listen to the whole podcast episode. Um, but maybe just one thing where, where you, you, you scratched an elbow up and we could learn from, from that life lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one thing would be, um, and it comes back to the communication principle, but I was once um, going through a turnaround And I learned that there were some rumors going around about new folks that have been hired. And, you know, when you're turning something around, sure, you're going to build out your own team. Sometimes you're going to hire people that you know and that you've worked with. Uh, But there were rumors going around about, you know, these sweetheart deals that were made to these new members of the team. And I didn't get to them fast enough. Mm. To the point where, you know, I had a couple of people come in and, and quit and say, look, I don't like the direction where things are going. I should have been more open and transparent. As soon as I heard that stuff, I should have nipped it in the bud because it was rumors. It wasn't truth. But once rumors start and you don't squash them, they are like a tornado and they just yeah. build up speed and power and they they go through everything in their wake. So I'd say a big oops was knowing that there was rumors, discounting these rumors. And then once there started to be an exodus, because the rumors got too much, it was a little too late. And uh, I mean, I was able to salvage some things, but could have been a whole lot better if I'd gotten in front of it. Man, thank you for that that authenticity, by the way, I mean, I think that's my hope is that people are, are listening to that and, and they're, they're seeing how that principle you just shared uh, really can be applied to so many things, right? I mean, um, check this out, Chris, I've said to people, when you give that guy or that girl, when you give them a, a raise on time, they're appreciative. There's gratitude. You give them that raise too late they gripe and complain and they go about darn time. In fact, they say, that's it. Only $5 more. Right. right. 
And so what a beautiful unpacking of that principle you just shared with us that just kind of getting in front of something and, and, and not letting a snowball get, uh, get too big. Chris, I'm so grateful. I know our listeners are uh, grateful. I hope you'll come back and, and do the show again. Yeah? Yes, sir. I love it. Thanks for being here, Chris. Thanks, Titus. You have a great day. Hey, guys. Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.